Welcome to Threads of Enlightenment, your journey into personal growth. The splendor of any decision is after you've made it, all that remains to be seen are its consequences. My name is Ken Primus. I am your host. Here at Threads of Enlightenment, we talk about the principles of self-development and personal growth. By having conversation with people, who have walked through their journey of personal growth. We believe that everyone at some point in their life will have to deal with one or more of these principles to have the privilege of focusing on their self-development as humans. These principles, when applied, can help you to become the best self possible. Welcome to Threads of Enlightenment. It is my pleasure, as usual, to first welcome our guests. And I know that they're coming with a couple of expensive stuff, and I love to tell them, thank you. Time is so expensive. And I want to thank Dominique for coming and sharing his time with us, because that is a priceless commodity. And thank you, sir. The other is his journey, which houses pain, which houses triumph which houses all of these different emotions and revelation within it. And he's here to entrust us with all of that information. And again, I say thank you. Welcome, Dominique, to Threads of Enlightenment. Thank you, sir, for coming. You can. Thank you. I appreciate the invite. I appreciate the the gracious introduction. Uh, And uh, we we pray that we won't disappoint. Yes. (laughs) Tell the people what you have created, because I've been telling them that every one of us are creators. If Mm. we would allow ourselves to see ourselves as that. And I, I show them um, principles that lead to them and uh, bring them the knowledge that we are creators. Talk to them so far because I said creators are always on the move because mm. one of the things that we despise or it's not, we don't, we don't function well within that is complacency. Talk to them about what you have created so far. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still fairly young. I still have a lot more creating to do. So I'm glad you mentioned that, you know, it's not, it's, it's ever evolving continuum the way I kind of look at it. But at, to this point, uh, we feel pretty blessed. Um, I think the first and foremost thing I'm most proud of is the fact that I am husband to the same wife, one wife after 25 years of marriage. We just celebrated in May. Congratulations. Uh, Beautiful children. Um, they are mm-hmm. all grown and gone. So we're in that emptiness phase. Uh, and just that is a mouthful, to be honest. I mean, I mean, I think a lot of people, uh, because of the line of work I'm in, which we'll talk about in just a second, um, leave this earth, unfortunately, with a lot of regrets because they don't, they don't, they don't capture the moments as they happen and relish them and, 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 and sit in them and allow space and margin for reflection and things like that. And, um, I learned, um, not too long ago, and I've been able to employ it um, pretty steadfastly, is to enjoy moments and, and enjoy moments. So I'm really proud of that. Um, on the business side of things, I spent a long time in what would be called corporate America. And about six years ago, I launched out on my own um, and decided that financial services through my eyes looked different than what I saw the industry doing. Mm-hmm. And I strongly felt that I needed to build a platform. I needed to build a firm. I needed to be able to be on my own so that I can render financial advice 
the way that I thought that people would best use it and best saw it useful and valuable in their lives. So we started DJ's Capital Management six years ago, and um, it's still going today. We have clients that we serve um, all across nice. the United States. And mm-hmm. uh, the basic gist of that is to help people take their 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 limited time and money and spread that across unlimited choices and resources. Um, we also thought that, hey, there's no way you're going to serve everybody, Dominic. You have this big, nice, you know, altruistic vision, but um, you're finite. And that's true. So yeah. um, I heard a quote by Tyler Perry a little while ago. And he said, once you got to a point of once you get to a point of success, um, it's your job to hold the door open for us. And so mm-hmm. that really resonated with me. And um, informally, but about three years ago, formally, we started Jumpstart Coaching Lab, which is the most of the content people will see from me on my YouTube channel or, or hear about me on the podcast or see me on social media. We're talking about the things that the next generation financial professional can use to serve others. And that's the way I... I, I decided to duplicate myself, if you will, because I felt, you know, 20 years, 20 plus years in financial services, that's a lot of knowledge and you know, wisdom and expertise accumulated yeah. that I won't be able to dispense in one-to-one relationships. And so uh, it was building a community. It was building, you know, programs um, mm-hmm. that would take those principles and concepts that I thought were valuable to um, people being empowered with, with, mm-hmm. their, with their finances and, and to reach their financial goals. Um, and, and giving that to the next generation of people that want to come up and want to follow in my footsteps, so to speak, in whatever method they decide to do, whether that's, you know, work for someone or, or have their own firm. And, um, just recently, um, you know, we're, we're all in, you know, I don't know if this is really post pandemic, but definitely during the pandemic. <laughs> um, I was, uh, having conversations with both sets of people inside of my businesses and, um, this reoccurring theme, um, recurring theme can kept coming up about people being stuck financially, of course, uh, yeah. relationally and vocationally. And as I was talking with them, they were like, well, that's really good advice. I'll, I'm going to employ that. And, you know, we have more of those conversations. And I'm like, Dominique, you've been using these frameworks that you're sharing with people for years. Yeah. Why don't you write a book about it? And mm-hmm. so um, in May of 2022, um, we wrote and published Assess, Address and Adjust. Um, a practical guide to becoming unstuck and achieving your goals. And it's really the blueprint that I've used for the last almost decade in my own personal life to become unstuck in those three areas financially, relationally, and vocationally. So, uh, that's kind of the short version of the, of the platform. <laughs> Thank you for the margin to, in space to talk about that. Oh, uh, no, it, it is a part of the program that we do because, um, I want people to see and hear, uh, what you have created because that didn't come overnight. It just didn't come um, instantaneously. You're like, okay, let me do this or whatever. And it popped up. There was a cost that you had to pay for that. And um, it was expensive, but it was good stuff. The reward is what you're mentioning. And that's why I talked to them. You mentioned a couple of things about um, how people are not uh, living to their fullest. And, and I came out of healthcare. I came out of Healthcare, and then I went into um, skilled nursing facility, and my sister warned me never to go in there because she said um, you come out different. I, I was actually in the management aspect of it in managed healthcare, HMOs, and stuff, and then I branched into the skilled nursing. And I want to let you know that I saw many people that did not understand who they were, and that mm-hmm. to me was a painful. Um, you can you can kind of sense someone from a conversation. 
conversation. You can uh, locate them, if you will, mm, yeah. from a conversation. And it was painful to see that many did not even start their journey. And um, it is painful, as you stated. So let's go back into this, the beginnings uh, of Dominique. Let's go back in there and go back to the what I call the first lab. We have our mm. parents. Uh, they are coming from trauma, and they are seeing the world differently based on their individual trauma. And then they are now going to uh, pour the wisdom that they uh, perceive that they have gained into this young man coming into this world. Talk to me about that experience with your family. How was your bringing, your upbringing? How was that type of uh, thing? Everybody likes to think of their story as unique. And I, I appreciate that. I, I would actually validate that statement that uh, each individual story is unique. Um, mine was one of being the oldest of three children uh, in, in our household. I have two younger sisters and my dad served in the military for 22 years. Uh, the U.S. Army. So he um, was, you know, four years in his career when when I was born, and it it necessitated a move approximately every three to four years. Um, and so I think the count is somewhere between eight or nine schools that I had while I was uh, in my formative years, which um, can cause its own. Where you're always. You know, um, looking for a different set of friends, but I, I'll, 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 I'll give you the perspective that I had through seeking mentorship and accountability. Um, somewhere probably in my early to mid thirties, um, I used to look at that almost as almost purely negative. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas now I look at it as it gave me the resilience and the perseverance and the confidence that I have as a as a man today, uh, which I've passed on to my kids. So it's actually been. Um, one of those things where I had to kind of realize the blessing that it was. Um, but it's interesting that you say this about this because I, in the book, I talk about kind of like my overall philosophy. And for those that are listening to the podcast, I'm doing my best to, to kind of describe this. But if you kind of think of just like a triangle at the bottom or the base of the triangle, you have what is shaping the experience is what we're talking about me right now. You know, the things that, you know, moving around every three or four years, having to find a, a different set of friends. Uh, yeah, it did traumatize me in the moment and up until my 30s. But then when I start to realize that it actually gave me this kind of like tenacity uh, about going about life and not giving up on things because, you know, if this puzzle piece doesn't fit here, okay, I'm getting another one. You know, it was that type of deal. So those shaping experiences really give us the type of mindset that we're going to have in life. Um, and shaping experiences are always valid. So if you experience trauma or if you had, you know, success or any of those type of things, I never try to invalidate anybody's experiences, but I will mm -hmm. challenge the mindset that you adopt from those experiences, right? Because yeah. the mindset is then going to give you how you decide, how you act, how you behave, which is essentially deliberate practice. Deliberate yeah. practice gives us results. So people are always hung up about what type of results they're getting. And I always go back to, well, what are you doing? How are you mm -hmm. acting? How are you behaving? And then yeah. we can always then go back to what track are you playing in your mind that allows you to act, behave and do things a certain way, because that's going to be what the results are. And then, you know, because if you if you if you step back for a second and have results at the top of that pyramid, your results can either be freedom or bondage for you. It just depends on behaviors that you're doing. Yeah. Right. So that's kind of my overall philosophy. And of course, I've decided to have freedom um, mm -hmm. the results that I that I've had or, or, or want to seek and uh, obtain and you know the 
my past and the, the things that I've gone through, the trauma, as you speak of, to me, I always look at those as building blocks. It's like, it's almost like this really beautiful mosaic that has been weaved together to give you who you see now. Um, and it's just really a matter of perspective, right? There's a, there's a story in the Bible and I'll, uh, that's the key you know, right there. Probably back to you with the Israelites and Moses sends the 12 spies into the land of Canaan. And, you know, there's two reports that come out of that 12 guys that see the same thing. I'm saying see in air quotes, see the same yeah. thing, but the reports are different. Well, how is that? Well, it's the mindset, it's the mentality, right? You know, mm-hmm. one group said we cannot go in here and do this. These people are giants. We look like grasshoppers to them. Um, but the other two said, we can, we're well able to go do that. And I would say that those two reports came from two different perspectives. Yeah. I would say I agree. people look like giants to you if you're low. Yeah. But if you're sitting up maybe in a tree or above your situation and looking down, then they don't look so big. So I think th- you know, shaping experiences, going back to your original question, shaping experiences for me have all been a matter of adopting the right type of perspective. And no, I don't get it perfect all the time. I don't. I, I raised three kids, so no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we. I don't think there there is no manual. And so the manual is exactly. once we began to investigate and learn about ourselves. And I tell the basis of our relationship uh, um from the outside, I think we're supposed to be living from the outside, from the inside out. And mm. the principle that I was brought up in within the, the Christian belief system is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, and with all thy might, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And so I always break that down, Dominique, and, and tell them, that when they said that scripture, to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, in as I learned and I graduated and, and uh, from my studies, that relates to the spirit of the man. To love the Lord with all your mind re, uh, deals with the soul of the man, houses, emotion, and all that stuff. And thy strength is speak to your body. So you have to have this relationship with your God, spirit, soul and body mm-hmm. and then he has this thing that says and he drops this little uh nugget in there says love your neighbor as yourself and so <laughs> that is some powerful stuff because now out of this relationship you are to then govern your life how yep. you relate to others and that is why i bring these things up to get into your your history because i get a chance to see what formulated you? How did you, how were you formed? And you mentioned the movement of your, your, your family, different schools. And mm-hmm. you went back to your, when you got your change of perspective in the thirties. But I want to go back a little more into this young man's life in this movement. How did it, uh, affect that little man before he got the change of his perspective in his 30. How did it, um, what perspective did you gather out of that as the young man before your revelation? And you pick up things out of there. No, 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 I agree. I think it could be largely categorized as limited. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, The perspective was limited. And, you know, it's, it's kind of this notion. I think I don't know that I really appreciated how limited it was until, until I started raising my own boots. Right. Yeah. And, you know, 
it was that notion around you're telling your child something and you haven't really broken it down or explained it all the way to the most granular level. So they don't really get maybe the reason why you're asking them to do something, telling them why to do something, telling them to do something. But you in your mind as a parent, you know that, yeah. you know, where, where they're going is not the right way or wh- whatever the, the, the case may be. And I didn't really start to, as you know, I was having instances of parenting, did I, did I realize just how limited my perspective was back then? And I think what that caused, that limited perspective, obviously the opportunity cost of limited perspective is usually the forfeiture of options, right? The, the ability to have a more pleasant demeanor or even more things in some cases, right? Maybe even more friends, exposure to different things. There's a lot of things that you lose when you have limited perspective. And I think that's what I can mainly categorize that as. And some of that turned into probably just like un- unwarranted anger, right? I- I've had a com- yeah. I've had conversations with my-, my parents about this since then, and especially my mom. And we've talked about different incidences and, you know, different circumstances. And, and hearing her, how she reacts to my feelings about that time, uh, is, um, you know, I can feel the empathy in her voice because she, what and what I notice is, you know, it's basically kind of like this things like, you know, I was kind of doing the best I could with the best, best set of can. tools that I had, you know, yeah. just like you say, there's no manual. And I totally get that now, right? You yeah. Know, I'm <laughs> 25, I have a, a almost 21 year old. And it's like, you don't have the best set of tools all the time. And so, um, I think you're right in, um, in importing the fact that ch- children receive trauma from their parents along with you know, they, their own trauma from going through life, right? This, yeah. So like mm-hmm. they almost have two sets that they have yes. to kind of reconcile, if you will. And I, you know, I don't know that there was going to be another solution besides just developing and going through life and then eventually having a relationship with the Lord. Because otherwise that probably would be, you know, just like, you just don't really know, you know, like another story from the Bible is like Joseph, right? Like, who could have had a worse go at it than Joseph? Like, I mean, really being sold by his family and yeah. 12, 13 years later, he's like in prison until, you know, this one moment where his perspective and what he hoped to be and his vision for himself actually came to fruition. But it took up what? A lot of time. A long time. So, you know, I, I think ultimately all this thing can be used for good is just. Yeah. And I have to go back to, I think it depends on the perspective. Yes. It's the key because you talked about the, the, the spies, the 12 spies that went out and based upon the, um, perspective of 10 of them, uh, based on that and the belief that came from that low self esteem, because that's one of the things that they had, those, those, uh, 10, the other two boys, they were like, Oh no, man, we could, you know, uh, Joshua and Caleb, we could take them out, man. We could take, let's do this right now. But those, those 10, uh, they preach the message that the people believe and they went into the desert for a mighty long time until God looked at that group and says, I can't work with this group. I got to take them out. And he yeah. took them out. And then the next generation came back that were listening to those two men. And they went in. Well, and I, took this is the important thing you say here that I think is probably a parenthetical is the Israelites at that point when they allowed that negative report to come up from the 10, it wasn't all just the 10's fault because although the Israelites had been liberated, they weren't free. 
No. They still had they, slave-like mentality. The mentality. And I, I would say that to people yes. nowadays. I would say that we in 2022, living in you know the United States, for me, I have just about everything I could ever want as far as you know amenities and accoutrements and all this other kind of stuff. I have no excuses for suboptimal perspective, yes. unless I just choose to be that way. And that's what I say to a lot of people. If you choose to be that way, you can absolutely be that way. Uh, but we have so much here at our disposal, but in that, and that's the liberation part. But to truly be free, to truly walk into your purpose, to truly go after your dream, to keep on dreaming past disappointments or failures or all this other kind of stuff, you have to really relinquish your comfort zone and your slave mentality. Otherwise, you will never get it. You will always be stuck. Yes. Like My brother and I had this same conversation a few hours before ours, and we talked about that. Um, again, we were looking at my country, British Guiana. We were talking about, um, how the mentality of the people now was of the Chinese. They're coming into this country and, um, still keeping them in slavery. And we were talking about how until you change your mindset, your perception, which is the key. And once you, um, and I use the story, Dom, Dominique, of the, uh, the woman with the issue of blood. Here she is. She's a rich woman. She's spending her money. She didn't need, She's going to the healthcare system, putting her money in to get this healing. She had an incurable disease, got broke, and she heard something. She heard that this guy walking around um, not too far from her is healing people. And she said within herself, I am going to go to him and touch his hand. I need nothing else. And so we see that she was put into a place of pressure. She was at her wit's end. Mm. And... Um, when we are at our wit's end, it's the greatest opportunity, I tell people, for everyone. When you are there, you can see clearly. For that, you're all, you got all kinds of thoughts coming from you. But when you're in a desperate situation, you kind of weed out the nonsense quickly. And then you start looking at the situation. You have to, at that point, make decisions that will either free you or keep you where you at. We talked about freedom. She wanted freedom from the sickness. And she said, yeah. I am going to go and I'm going to make my decision. And then I'm going to take the corresponding actions that is necessary to go get it. And that's what she did. She went went against the press, got what she did. I want to circle you, back to you, man. Well, go ahead, you go said ahead. That, I have to say that this is such an interesting conversation. Yeah. You said something that I think people are going to gloss over, but I want to underscore this. Yeah. She said... I am going to do this. Yes. I, I can, I can, I'm going to do this and I will have what I want. Mm -hmm. Th that is a very important principle. That be, yes. do, have, man, if people can get, cause a lot of people want to say, I, they look at, I want and I have, or, or they think that it, it starts with, I, whatever I want, I can have. No, 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 yeah. no, no. You have to first become. She yeah. in her mind said, I'm at my wits end. Yeah. I'm going to become this healed person because I'm going to have an encounter with the person that yeah. came here, right? And then she got up off her butt and did something. She just didn't yeah. sit there and think about it. She said, and I don't even need to talk to him. Yeah. Huh? She said, I don't, I don't even talk to him. I don't need to talk to him. No, I just I don't, don't want to talk because to him. Because her state of mind yes. was so powerful yeah. that the only thing that was left to do was her body to follow the actions that her state of mind had already created. Yes. That I think that's a very powerful point for people that are sitting in a situation. They're like, I'm waiting yeah. for my situation change. Absolutely not. That's not how that works. It's not how it works. Will, the principle don't yeah, work. You will not have what you want until you first become that thing yeah. that you say you want. 
or mm-hmm. that possesses the thing that you want. And then you got to go do an action and then you get. I think what it is is, and I, I can locate people from this. They, when people are not moving, when they're stagnant or in a state of stagnation, it's because they haven't decided yet what mm-hmm. they want. And I'll tell you what, I, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, uh, declare a thing and it shall be established. But I love studying the language, Hebrew language. And the word means to decide a thing. They um, uh, interpret it wrong. But you, and before you declare it, Dominique, you got to decide it first. You have to. Before you could declare it. So when they are in a state of indecision, you can't, and, and you can't move because the principles says that if you are a double-minded man, you're not going to get that. all your ways, yeah. So you're just going to be there in a mess. And so yeah. the most people we talk about the slavery and the change of uh, perspective is because that individual haven't truly decided that they want to come out. They want freedom. Because once you have made the decision, it says declare the thing, then you make the decision, you're going to declare it. I call it the statement of faith. You got to believe it more than anyone else on this planet, because when you say it, it is real to you. And that uh, power that just you release will cause you to begin to make the plans necessary to fulfill what you have just released out of your mouth. That no, it's, is it's interesting you say that because there are no words without thoughts, but there's plenty yes. of thoughts without words. Exactly. But you cannot you cannot have words without first having a thought. Right. Yes. And yeah. so you have to make the decision. So here you are, you're in your thirties, man. You got this revelation that, Hey, I need to. And I think the, the trauma gives us two opportunities. That's why I always like to ask people. Most of us, some of us, the ones that are searching will, will take that trauma and say, uh, uh-huh, no, this is the last time it's going to happen to me with, from me going on with my family, my kids. I'm going to do it different. Mm-hmm. And so. Those we make it and it takes us some time, but we do get to that place where we fight to make it a difference. And so here you are in your thirties. You are, you got this revelation of the purpose of your trauma. Now, as you began to make this, um, shift of your perspective, how did it begin to manifest in your life as you began to move forward going into your life when you first got this glimpse? And you say, wait a minute, and you move forward from there. I think, it again, uh, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but it was really perspective. Uh, I sought accountability through relationships and community. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the downfalls of this current social construct we find ourselves in is a lot of isolation. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, sitting off to themselves thinking, I, can, I got it. I got it on my own. And, you know, we were never meant to do life on our own. Um, and, and, you know, I talk about this in, in my book is that I, um, the enemy to your success is often sabotage. And, mm-hmm. and, and often we're our own worst enemies. We're, we sabotage our own success. So I think my revelation was, you know, if I can be around like-minded people, if I can seek mentorship, if I can, you know, uh, partner with coaches, if I can look at people that have more perspective, different perspective, and be willing to unlearn some things that I thought were so true, right? And it's that saying, I think it's attributed to either Mark Twain or somebody, but it's like, it's not what we don't know that gets us in trouble. It's what we think we know for sure. That's mm-hmm. just not so, yeah. right? So it's that whole notion of sometimes being willing to unlearn things. Um, so, you know, there were a lot of different programs that I, I, I did at, at that point in time, along with education and academia, which is great, but, you know, it has its place. To me, you know, some of the stuff I had was 
like, you know, people that were way more successful than me in business, mm-hmm. uh, that had older children than, than I, that had children yeah. that were my age at the time that I was seeking a relationship with them to, to be like, give me this type of perspective. You know, if I couldn't talk to my dad about it and I didn't have a, you know, a relationship with him where he was open enough to talk about that, I still needed a male figure in my life, right? So yeah. still seeking those things. And you have to be, you know, probably the, the theme on this segment would be intentionality. Being yes. intentional on seeking those things. And I think that was kind of like the key that unlocked the door for me. That is awesome. It is one of the most powerful of the tools that is available to the individual. You have to be. Um, and uh, again, you have to put your belief system behind you in the sense where uh, you have to have this conversation. You have to learn how to be um, honest to yourself. And when, once you have started that journey, that where your words mean something, that you're not going to just send it out there without a corresponding action. You have to learn how to do that. And I talk to about people about setting boundaries. Talk to me about um, when, as you began to move through and uh, um, you were seeking wisdom from other people, seeking their advice, seeking their knowledge, and Talk to me as to one of the one of those lesser than thoughts that you had allowed to come into your space to cause you to to try to sabotage you, as you said. What were some of those less than thoughts that you allowed and you gave permission to grow in your life that you once you noticed it, you had to um, deal with it? And, and what tools did you use to deal with it? Uh, I think the major one was, uh, and this is a pretty popular one, um, this imposter syndrome, right? You know, yeah. uh, just self-doubt, um, yeah. lack of confidence, uh, because, you know, especially as a financial professional or financial advisor, you know, you, you're advising people, in a lot of my cases, especially in early in my career, people with way more success than I. I started in 98 when I first got out of school, and it was an unfair comparison to look at where somebody was, you know, after doing this for 20 or 30, 40 years, and then look at my situation. Yeah. I don't have enough. Right. So yeah. it's just, you know, you have to silence that, that talk fact in your head. That is this constant, constant cycle of comparison. You know, if there's a point I would love to drive home to the audience is this world, um, uh, forces you and conditions you to always want to compare yourself to someone. Yeah. Um, which in a lot of instances, the comparison, the comparison is, unrealistic it, it's and there's no there's no reason for you to be doing that right yeah but mm-hmm. i think one trap that people fall into with social media for all the good that it can do is it serves as a platform to constantly have on display something that you want or want to be in the future mm-hmm. nothing wrong with dreams at all but there was a cost there was a price that those people have paid to be in that spot and that's yeah. the part that you don't see. That's the hidden part. But you see the part where they are right now. And so with me, it was this, it was this realization that, okay, you're not there yet, but you're on your way. And that's mm-hmm. okay. Right. And it's, you don't have to have everything um, perfect. Me and my wife have a saying that we've used forever, which is, I don't require perfection. You require honesty. Right. And it's really yeah. about being honest with yourself and about where you are. And sometimes having the blinders on, like you can't, if (laughs) as humans, we're kind of wired to, you know, uh, kind of fall into the crowd or fall into the herd, follow that because there's safety in numbers. We're, you know, very tribal from our upbringing and in our, in our ancestry and our heritage, but there are times where that does not serve you. 
especially mm-hmm. being around the, around the wrong people. So yeah. what I would say is the things that kind of surfaced or popped up in me was this imposter syndrome, just not feeling like I was enough. And that re- that really came from comparing myself to others um, when I shouldn't have been. Yeah. And how, what tool, Dominique, did you incorporate once you recognize that? Uh, you had mentioned where you say you're not there yet, but that's still, you still have to deal with the day to day of the not mm-hmm. there yet. How, yeah. what tool did you incorporate to help you to master that aspect in your, in your life? Master, when I say master, able to control the thoughts and not mm-hmm. give it permission anymore to become something that it was once, but now you have learned how to, um, look at A, as we said earlier a different perspective. What was that shift that took place and what tool did you utilize? Yeah, it's when you find out what your real purpose is and you can really own it, um, identity is huge. If, you know, I I think a lot of my um, being able to deal with that and um, it's kind of, you know, it's it's a guy, um, his name is Paul Richards. He's, He's pretty big in the financial services arena. And he says, the way he deals with imposter syndrome is like he's driving a car and taking a trip and, you know, imposter syndrome gets down and sits in. And he's like, you can, you can have a seat and you can ride, but you can't drive. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's realizing that he's there, but yeah. you can't control the ship. And I, and I think that comes from a place of knowing who you are. Yeah. Like, and so, so for me, you know, my identity is. You know, it can be a lot of things. People see me as a lot of things, especially if you see me on social media or whatever. I'm a husband, father. First of all, for, foremost, strip away everything. I'm a child of God. I'm a child yeah. of God. Like, like that, walking into that true identity, uh, gives me way more purpose than mm-hmm. anything else on earth. And I, I think that supersedes all the minutiae. Now, is that to say that I might not have a bad day? Of course I may have a bad day. But I can always center back to that most star. And that's the yes. tool that I use. And you know, I, I know, I will say that that is one of the most valid, purest forms of identity for people. Um, and if, if you haven't tasted it, it's one of those things where it's really hard to explain because some of the things that people have in, in, in place their identity around, and you can see it. You can just kind of watch them for a while and yeah. watch their lives. You can see how shallow it is and how yeah. it doesn't have the depth that, you know, like you or I are speaking to. But, you know, I remember, uh, well, I remember I read, you know, in scripture, I think it's in Luke, it's in a couple of different places of the gospel. But, you know, when, when Jesus is baptized and the spirit comes down on him as a dove and his voice comes and said, this is my son in whom I will please. Right after that, he launches into ministry. And but mm-hmm. the thing about it is, if, if you read the story, you know, right after that, he goes into the wilderness. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I almost think that because of that instance of affirmation, giving him this, you know, uh, Jesus, of course, already knew his purpose, but like that, that spoken word was the fuel that catapulted. Yeah. And I think for me, I feel the same way. I feel like very, very confident in my purpose. And that is how you deal with the day to day of the stuff that may not go your way. Sometimes. Uh, finding your purpose, I say to people will always make purposeful. <laughs> ah, <love laughs> you that. know, it is yeah. very simple. It is, yeah. Very simply said, but very powerful. Yeah. It is, it is, it is. I mean, there's so much in that and it, takes you to a different level because you then um, the things that people say to you don't offend you anymore um, yeah. because you understand your purpose. And so not everyone will understand your purpose. And so when they are uh, saying something 
I usually look at them and I, and it it realizes it, it makes me see where they're at. The Bible tells us that we are part of two kingdoms. And so I I I approach my world living with that information and it helps me to be um to walk differently because I'm commanded to love. That is the premier thing that I am commanded because if I am hanging out with this God that is going to teach me about love and being merciful, then my responsibility, Dominic, is to be merciful to walk in love because that's yeah. all I know that I'm getting from this relationship. And he said to me, then you turn to you and manage your relationship the way I am managing mine with you. And so yeah. this is the wonderful thing that we are talking about. Having that experience with the creator is a beautiful thing because it empowers you, as you said, hearing that confirmation that this is my son in whom I'm wealthy, walks into the, to the, to the deserts, 40 days, 40 nights, comes out and goes on this mount and began to change the world. And, um, uh, well, there's two you, things there too. To, so just to, to jump in. Yeah. No matter where you stand on what you believe, uh, if you don't believe that you got here by yourself and that you created yourself, then therefore you are by definition the creation. Mm-hmm. And only the creator can give creation purpose. Yeah. And absolutely. purpose has to be spoken of. So like when you tap into that, it's super powerful. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's freeing and liberating from a mindset standpoint because you no longer feel like you have to sustain everything yourself. Yeah. You don't have anything to prove. You just have to do yeah. what you yeah. are supposed to do. And the proving, the assistance comes from someone else that it has greater wisdom because he says, come and I'll give it to you freely anyway. So it doesn't cost yeah. you nothing. So here you are, you're moving through all of these things and you're gaining and applying your wisdom and so forth. And you're getting your education from others as you gain insight. So what made you uh, decide here you are. I'm sure you, um, let me ask you first, were you married when you left the job? When that made you, you got there and you say, wait a minute. So you're married and you're, um, you're working. You got your security as quote unquote people would say, you know, from this job, you're getting your, your check every month and you decide, uh, uh-uh, I, I believe and I know why it is because you found your purpose. And so here you are. What was that? thing that happened to cause you to say, uh, I'm going to do it this week or that month? And, and how did that came about? Yeah, people, you know, these these decisions uh, don't happen overnight. Uh, they do yeah. take a lot, sometimes a while to stew. Uh, but one of my favorite authors, Andy Andrews, says that, uh, you know, it doesn't take a long time to, to, to change. Uh, it, you, changes can be instant. Yes. It may take a while to decide to change. That's it. But, but, but change is instant. And, and I think the, the, the camel that broke the, the back, uh, for me was I got to a point where I just felt, I tell, I felt unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I knew that just because of how I'm wired, you know, I'm always a really, really hard worker for whatever I'm doing. And I could no longer go in every day and put forth my best effort. Yeah. Um, and I just felt like I got to that point where I couldn't. And that was the, that was the wall that I hit. And I was like, you know, what else do you feel that you need in order to do this? It was kind of like yeah. an inner conversation that I was having. But, uh, my wife was totally supportive. And I actually talk about this in my book in the preface because the people that are closest to us, um, they realize 
that we're struggling before sometimes we admit that we're struggling. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and she saw the dissonance and the, you know, the, the conflict, uh, yeah. in me. And so, uh, she spoke to that and she was like, look, you know, I'm behind you, whatever you decide to do. Um, but I know that you're, you're not being fulfilled now. And I don't know how long you think you can sustain that. Uh, that's, that's kind of, you know, the, the blessing in having, um, a spouse that gets it. And I always call it, you know, like marrying up. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it's a, it, it's awesome to have a woman that is in tune, if you yeah. will. Um, and, uh, uh, who is there to one of the most powerful gifts that a woman has ever had. And very few women know about it is the gift of influence. And mm. she can influence a man with a touch, with a look, with, with a, a kind word will yeah. change his destiny and hers. And so a lot of women today, they behave inappropriate because they do not understand influence. I and mean, if they understood it, they would learn and become an artist in it and they would get a better result than what they have in, in their situation. So here you are, you made this jump. And uh, I know that once you make that jump, all the wonderful things happen in life. Boom. Ah! The enemy. <laughs> because I know, I know there's someone sitting on the outside going, I'm going to show this boy. I'm going to try and tell him he made a wrong, <laughs> wrong decision. So, uh, yeah, talk to me about that because you and I know what happens to this because right here is where the, as they say, the, the, everything hits and your decision and the, the situations around you due to your decision is causing some, some uncertainty. Talk to us about that because I know it's no, the game. I'll, I have, I actually have a lot of glue around this. I, I remember the day as if it were yesterday. Uh-huh. Uh, but I'm going to overlay this with superimpose this on this concept that I want your audience to go study. It's a guy, his name is Myron, Dr. Myron Golden. And he talks about this principle of be, do, have. I don't know if he came up with it. I've read a couple of different books that have it, uh, killing sacred cows and stuff like that, have that concept there. But it's very important that you cannot, it, to, to realize that you have to become the person you want to be. It's almost like seeing the end from the beginning. Because this is yes. what God does. That's what he does. Yeah, he sees the, the end from the beginning. And if we're yeah. made in his image, you have to become the thing that you're wanting to uh, to be or to become, whatever your purpose is, that will allow you to do the things that you're supposed to do in order to have what you're supposed to have. It is not the other way around. So yeah. I'll say that first. And when I embrace the moment of, okay, this is a decision I'm going to make and I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to be successful. It's going to be brick by brick and it's okay. I literally, that day that I left, went downstairs, you know, leaving the elevator. And instead of worrying about like, okay, I don't have a paycheck no more or da 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 da, I followed my routine and I went to the gym. Mm-hmm. I went to the gym and I, at that time I was swimming like two or two miles a day or something like that. And I, I would, I would go and I would swim. And as I was getting ready to get into, no lie, kid you not, I have no reason to lie on this. Mm-hmm. I think I told my wife on the way to the gym what had happened. And, um, you know, like, Hey, it's over. You know, we're starting on our own. She was like, Hey, you're going to be fine. I was like, I'm going to the gym. So I went to the gym and as I get ready to get in the pool, one of my still to this day, first clients called me. Mm-hmm. Wasn't a client at the time. He was just a friend. And he was like, look, man, uh, I have this situation going on and we really need some help. Um, could you advise us on this situation? You know, we don't have a financial advisor. We never had one. 
but this mm-hmm. is what's going on here. And we would, we will we'll pay you for your time. And I was like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, you know, let's hook that up. Blah, blah, blah. But that was the signal right there that yeah. told me it was like, this is going to be okay. Yeah. You haven't even start, you haven't even started your business and you got the first call. So yeah. just, just calm down. It's going to be okay. Go in the pool, do your workout and everything's going to be okay. And that, from that moment, I knew it was going to be fine. Now, has everything been a bed of roses? No, but mm-hmm. I, I believe the God I serve, he does not show you everything because it would blow our minds. Yeah. Right. Like I didn't even know I was going to have a consulting business and that I was going to be teaching the next generation of financial advisors. Like I didn't know stuff yeah. and it was okay. It was okay for me not to know that. It just goes step by step, build it brick mm-hmm. by brick. And I think, um, that's how you begin to enjoy the journey, right? Yeah. Enjoy the process. Enjoy what it's building. In you. And reality is, is we probably have way more time than we, yeah. like we want to rush things and, you know, I want to have this, DoorDash this, Amazon Prime that. That's not how life is. Yeah. Not real. So not at all. I, I think the blessing, um, is waiting on us. And when we decide to walk the walk of faith, when we decide, I will take this, this uh, leap without knowing where, whatever. I believe, I believe the blessing has been sitting there for the longest time, just waiting for us. And once we are obedient, that, uh, it opens the door now for everything to start to come in. It'll come in and trickling. And there's this thing in the Bible, it says that God's grace, and I try to teach people about what that means when God gave me the revelation, His grace is the divine influence upon the heart and the benefit that it brings to the believer. And it tells mm-hmm. us that this God is gracious, He longs to be gracious. Come before, come boldly before the throne of grace, whereby you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in your time of need. So this, He was working on people. Through his grace on their situation, waiting for your obedience. And when you became obedient, because his grace was already loose and you stepped out and walked by faith, the people will come. Why? Because his grace has been working for you for a pretty long time. Yeah. But he was just yeah. waiting on your obedience. And he yeah. had to bring you to a place where you become dissatisfied with your job. And so that took a couple of years. And once you become dissatisfied, Six you're still there. <laughs> you're, you're still there, you know, lingering. Your, your, your wife that is in tune looked at you and said, you need to stop lingering. And when you made your, your exit, you did not change your attitude. You did not change your perspective. You did what you are, what you were doing. You're accustomed to doing. While God's grace is already working, that divine influence on the heart of people to bring to his kids what they need. He's yeah, been doing yeah. it forever. He did it with the children of Israel, and he will do it for everyone. And that's who, who I go to, ask him for his grace, and I watch the miracle happen. So talk yeah. to me. As you began, you got your first client, and um, you began to settle in. And, you know, the testing, of course, comes and all that stuff, and you you know your purpose. And because you know your purpose, it makes you purposeful as a fan. So that thing there gives you this single-mindedness as you begin to move from one space to another. Talk to us a little as God begins to expand you as an individual, because the expansion has to come with you, not with the outside. It comes with you. And God begins to stretch you a little and um, say, I want 
some more out of you. You got some more stuff to do. Talk to me about when you began to feel that and how did you started navigating to accomplish it? Yeah, I think, well, first of all, it's, it's, uh, it's by experience. There's so many examples in the Bible, uh, of this, but I, I think typically, I think the experience is most people don't know how to hear within themselves what should be going on. And what I mean by that is you probably will hear you, you say to yourself or you'll hear a thought or you'll have a thought, you'll have a dream and you'll say to yourself immediately, man, that's crazy. Like that, that yeah. can't be what I'm supposed to do. And, and I, and I'm really careful with my words now. Um, especially in the last few years, it's like as soon as you say something like that, because that thought is a seed. Yes. And it has to be cultivated. It has to be watered. It has to be nurtured. Uh, and it needs the right amount of sunlight, all these things. And if you, if you kill it off by saying I can or who that, that, you know, it, it's fine to be afraid. Like, you know, Joshua was going into Jericho and he's like, don't be afraid. Be, yeah. be of great, uh, of cur- be of courage. Yeah. So it's okay to be afraid, but I, I think there is a, there's a, there's a staunch difference between fear and then doubt, right? Yeah. You have to watch when you cross that line from fear to doubt because doubt is questioning and then you get into all this other kind of stuff. So you got to really watch that. And I think I'm, I don't do it perfect, but I, I'm cognizant of that because in those moments where you hear those crazy ideas, yeah. more often than not, that, that, that's God speaking to you. It's, it's, he's, he's downloading to you that he wants to do something even different and more, you know, bigger than what you may have thought. And I often say that, you know, your vision slash purpose is not big enough to scare you. It's, it's not big enough. It's um, not. It's not. And, and you talk about doubts. Fear, I think, the initial thing, because the human um, uh, human makeup is to to be afraid in instantaneously because it's just sudden. But as you said, not to allow doubt. And what doubt means, to differ with the word of God. That's what doubt means, to be, um, to, to differ with it. He is telling you this and you're, you're differing with, and that will cause that doubt. And you, once you begin to operate in that space, then you become disconnected from the vision. And that's when all kinds of stuff start walking into your life and take you well, into a different uh, uh, aspect of your living. And I, and I will say this about fear, and this is something I learned. Um, fear is learned. Yeah. It, you know, oh, yeah. I don't like to use the term that fear is not real. I, I think it is very real and tangible, but if, if you, if, first of all, we were not designed to, there are mm-hmm. two natural fears that I think are healthy that you can know this because you know, infants have the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Those are only two natural fears. Everything else is learned, which means you can unlearn. That's the yeah. good news. And so I think when you, when you have, you know, kind of wrap this up with your, with your audience is like when you have this experience where you're walking and you're listening for what the next step is, no matter how big and audacious it may be. And you move from a place of being fearful when you hear that to just be like, like, it's almost like what I do with my clients. My clients are saying, Hey, Dominic, you know, I want to, I want to retire like this. And I want to do this, I do this, and I want to do this. Instead of me just giving them advice, I go, tell me more, tell me more about it. Yeah. And so when you hear those crazy things that are spoken in your spirit or, or, or develop in your mind or you have a dream about, why don't you say instead, tell me more? Yeah. Like just have that childlike curiosity instead of going directly. Tell me more. And I, it will be, I think it will be revolutionary. That's, 
revolutionary for you instead of having a fear. That that's what I use. Yeah, the walk, the call to the to the believers to walk by faith. And so um, when you look at life from that aspect, as you said, the tell me more is it becomes exciting because here's an opportunity for you to really yeah. dance with your faith. And so yeah, uh, because it's going to take that um, to bring the things that you are necessary that you need in order to accomplish what you're talking about as they are speaking it. So that's why God said the just shall live by faith because that faith is to help us to uh, walk and to uh, live this freedom that we are called to experience that we experience through Jesus Christ. Here you are now. You're getting all this. You stepped out in your own business. Um, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're on your own. COVID comes. And I love this thing about COVID because I think, um, I tell people COVID gave birth to many, uh, um, kids, uh, pregnant pregnancies that were within people. Um, mm. there were pregnant dreams, pregnant, there were books, there were businesses, there, people were pregnant. And because they were hooked up into quote unquote the system that they would have aborted all of these pregnancies. But I believe it came to quiet us down. Because what was some of the cries you're hearing? People were disillusioned, was all over about their, their work. Uh, they were disillusioned about the nature of the work, the, the, uh, the stress, the feeling of undeserved. I mean, everything, it, it went to the core to yeah. get to them. And they began to investigate, okay, why, how, whatever. Talk to me as to when that began to happen to you. And as far as your, the, pregnancy that you had and how did you release and give birth to that child that was there um well, it, so became your book dj's capital management was uh formed in 2010 and so obviously that was well before covid mm-hmm. um or i'm sorry 2016 2016 and um jumpstart was actually the it's kind of like a it was two things here and i i tell two stories around this. it was the fact that i knew that financial advice the way I wanted to render it, there needed to be, uh, there. I need to have a virtual and video component because I couldn't be everywhere at all times. So that was the very first thing that I had decided. And so I hired a video coach and that is kind of like how I started doing so much content, on YouTube channel and all that kind of stuff. And then while I was doing that, uh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't always on video. I wasn't always showing my face. And my wife one time was like, so you're trying to get people to trust you with their money and you're not showing your face. So those were two things that kind of got me like off my, you know, traditional way of doing things with financial services and just try to, you know, just like really just change the envelope. And then that's when I, you know, went all out with the podcast and all this stuff. And it was actually the year before the pandemic where I was like, I'm going to live stream a conversation on my podcast video for every, every Wednesday for a whole year. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did in 29. And so, um, that birthed a lot of things. It did. It was the best experience I did for myself. And I tell all content creators or people that want to get to that level is to, first of all, you got to be consistent, but just show up. Like the, at first, no one's going to be there. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Like just do you and continue down that path and then things will happen. And I think, you know, I've always felt like I've been pregnant. With Kim. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like I've been pregnant. <laughs> my, wife, my, uh, my mom has, you know, and people in her life have uh, prophesied over me and there's been spiritual mentors that I've had all throughout my life. And I've always kind of felt like 
I've been pregnant with purpose. You know, the thing about that though is, and I'll tell this to, cause there's somebody out there listening that's like, me too. I feel like I should be doing all this stuff. This is yeah. what I feel. I feel like you need to do one thing and do it well. Yes. I think you need to be consistent at it. Yeah. I think you need to put in your 10,000 hours, become an expert before you move on to the next thing and stop letting your word and reputation be watered down by shifting from thing to thing to thing. Yeah. Right. It's fine for you to be pregnant with a lot of purpose, but let's nurture and cultivate that one baby first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Absolutely agree. And I can say the same. I've, I've been pregnant for many years carrying things and I use all kinds of excuse and all kinds of stuff. And, um, I had similar experience as far as, the, you know, putting things on the shelf. And, uh, my sister came to me one day and she said, why are you still working? <laughs> and that thing just bothered me for years. I couldn't, it just was like this hammer that dropped into my spirit. And, um, I decided, okay, let me began to um, practice what I preach, if you will, and take yeah. the, the step of faith and began to move out. And that's what how uh, Threads of Enlightenment was uh, birthed. I have two other podcasts that I do, Threads of Enlightenment, Mystery Bible, and um, and uh, uh, Blueprint of Faith. And they're geared to the, the younger audience, the young Christians coming up, uh, teaching them the reality of what who they are, part of this kingdom. And I teach more about kingdom to to get them mm-hmm. to understand dominique that it we are in two different places and mm-hmm. uh different citizens and i i use the terminology citizens within each kingdom each yeah. kingdom has policies and procedures seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and so i teach them about those policies and procedures that they have to learn as new citizens of this kingdom you know so that uh, and I bring that format so that they can get it. And purpose is that you and I have a lot of work to do. And I want them to grow and get prepared uh, um, for the work that we are to do while we're here on this planet. There's much to do. And I'm excited about it because this yeah. is going to be a great dance, man. So yeah. anyway, you came about and you you uh, you give birth to the book. What was the response once you um, you give birth to the book? How did how was it received? And um, what's your next? And I know you started talking about this, and I want to encourage you with the next generation. What you have to do is like do what Jesus did. Jesus went and got himself some disciples, Dominique. You need to get some disciples because those boys will change the world. Um, and we see that the church and people are hunting for members, but disciples, man, they drink it and they um, they take it. And then they look at the world and say, okay, they'll take it farther than you will ever take it, Dominique. So talk to me about when that book dropped into your, to your life, you, you give birth to it. How was the response? And, um, what is your next venture? Uh, the, the response has been positive, man. It's been really good. I think, um, some of the, uh, comments that I've gotten from like clients and, 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 and people that are in my network. Uh, and people that I didn't even know, right, that, uh, mm-hmm. that, that found out about it. So it's been really enlightening. It's, it's been one of those things where I knew I always had it in me, always wanted to do it. And it feels good to have, have gotten it, gotten it done. Yeah. Uh, next, I don't know, man. I, I am really, really been concentrating on, uh, the content for the next generation of financial professionals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I still, you know, work with clients in my wealth management firm. 
uh, on an everyday basis. And so I'll continue to do those things. Like, I, I mean, the good thing about this type of work is I, well, first of all, I don't believe in the word retire. Yeah. <laughs> I, I totally I, know that that's a buzzword. It is yeah. a very common vernacular yes. in my industry. Yeah. But I always challenge people, man. I'm like, retire to what? What are you going to yeah. do? Like, you don't retire <laughs> from your purpose. So yeah. uh, that's yeah. why it's important for the work that I do for people to help them. Not only the practitioners, the practitioners have to first walk in their purpose first. Because mm-hmm. you can't give away what you don't have. Yeah. And then you show and teach and coach and cultivate and bring out from uh, the relationship with your clients to help them walk in their purpose. Everybody won't get it. But, you know, for those that are wanting to do that, I think that's the most important work. There's no way I'm ever. With it, so, yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see what's next. My wife has a saying and I, and I love it. It's we'll see what the Lord says. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone has been listening to us. I mean, um, I have been energized by this conversation. I want you guys to get his books. I want you to get into his space. Um, listen to his programs. His, um, he's on everything because I was watching him on everything. Um, so get on there, follow him, learn those that need financial direction. He is here for that. He is here for everything that you need. All you have to do is ask him for the, the questions and he will be able to get, guide you to whatever it is. And so, I want to thank this man for coming, Dominique. Thank you for coming and spending your precious time and sharing that wonderful journey of yours, man. I want to thank you so much, sir. No, I appreciate it, man. It was it's been fun. It's uh it's good to it's good to have the kindred spirit, uh, both uh, kids of the king. So yeah, you know, like we can connect on a different level. Yes. Um, and this has been this has been one of the the highlights of, of all the podcasts I've, I've been on, um, just because I think some of the stuff that we share today, um, is going to live on to transform lives forever. So I agree with you. you. Thank you, sir. Everyone who's listening to this podcast, we hope to continually help you to learn how to embrace moments of darkness because it is in the darkness that we learn how to develop and use our abilities to truly see those parts of ourselves often invisible to us in the light. It becomes your responsibility to navigate through all of your trials to find out who you truly are and begin your journey to loving yourself, which is possibly one of the most difficult things you will ever do in your life. To love yourself and to find the real you. But always remember to enjoy the journey. Thank you for coming by. Please subscribe. And if you can support us financially, we deeply appreciate it. Until next time, invite your family, friends, neighbors, anyone that you can. You can hear us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Overcast, and many more.